Welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Trasilla from Somerset CCG, and I co-host with my colleague, Peter Bagshaw, uh, Somerset GP and mental health lead at the CCG. And we're really pleased to welcome today uh, Emily Strange from the Somerset Recovery College, which is part of the Somerset Wellbeing and Learning Community. Emily, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. So what we're going to talk about today is what is the Recovery College? Tell us what's going on and, and, and how you got to be involved. Okay, so I don't know how much you know about recovery colleges in general, but um, we're one of many in the country and in the world. Um, so recovery college is part of mental health services, but um, we just do things a little bit differently because we're very much into um, an educational approach uh, to recovery rather than more clinical uh, therapeutic side of recovery. So I'm an occupational therapist by profession. And so for me as an OT, I wouldn't approach, say, the recovery college as I'm delivering a therapy or a clinical service. I approach it as um, like from an educational standpoint. So uh, yeah. So what more do you want to say? <laughs> like what do you want me to be very specific now or later? I think it might be helpful for people to know a, a few details about the college, where it sits um, virtually, presumably, and uh, how, how people can contact it and the, the sort of educational courses that you deliver. Yeah, sure. So at the moment, so before uh, our lives changed um, in March, we, we had courses running across the county. So we're countywide. Any Somerset resident over the age of 18 is welcome to come on one of our courses. They're free of charge. You have to be registered as a student with us. So we don't call our service users patients or service users even. We call them students because we see everyone together on a journey. So we're all students together um, in life. So you come on one of our courses as a student and then um, you can learn tools and skills to take control of your mental health and your recovery. So basically, if you register on our website, you can telephone us on 07342-063-735. So you can register that way. You can register on our website. So it's all one word, all lowercase, somersetwlc.co.uk. And um, shortly, we're going to be having some paper around about um, saying, uh, sorry, I just seen the thing that he put up. Yeah, mind blown. Um, yeah, so shortly, we're going to be having some paper uh, registration forms around the place once we've um, yeah got those underway. But so those are probably the two best ways that people can right, access so if us. I just re- if I just repeat that phone number, it's 0342 063735 and it's somersetwlc.co.uk. I presume Somerset WLC is short for Somerset Wellbeing and Learning Community. Yeah. So yeah. So that's a good way of remembering it. And it's all lowercase. Yeah. So prior to like the lockdown situation, we were we had over like 40 courses um running throughout 
uh, Somerset, we like to say the county is our campus. So, um, you know, and there was a real good uptake and we had courses ranging from stuff in um, nature. So we're, we're very much about recovery skills and tools being learned through practical, hands-on, like real life situations. Um, and we very much believe in the power of nature and um, we're very holistic in that sense. So a lot of our links and our partnerships are with um, community organizations in nature. So Somerset Wildlife Trust and Area of Outstanding Natural Beauty. So we, you know, we've got four, three or four, it's a four um, hill ranges in Somerset that are areas of outstanding natural beauty. I mean, what better classroom to learn recovery than on the hills? So, you know, so we've got that. We've got so many partners that work in nature. Um, yeah, we have courses that are creative. So art and craft type based ones, uh, sport type based ones, um, Pilates, yoga, things like that. So getting the body moving and the connection between the body and the brain. So important for recovery. So yeah, so that's what we were doing prior to lockdown. And then in the last few weeks, we've um, had to change our approach, obviously, because face-to-face was not an option. So we had built quite a nice little community and there was quite a lot of engagement and support between students and tutors, which are like the people that run the courses. And so we didn't want to lose that. So basically, we've started a Facebook group and a Facebook page. So anybody can like our Facebook page, um, but you have to be registered as a student to access the Facebook group because it's all managed quite safely and securely. Um, Yeah. And it's just been amazing resource for people because we've really been able to encourage each other and share tips and advice and techniques and skills and, you know, things about recovery and certainly in this uncertain times it's been really helpful for people um but also we've started a moodle page i don't know how much you know about the good old moodle do you know about moodle have you heard of moodle heard of it but do explain it for our listeners yeah because i didn't know what it was when i when um my co-lead i should say i'm the recovery college co-lead and alongside tim yendel who's also the recovery college co-lead and he's not here today, but I'm sure he's going to be speaking to you at some point. Um, so he and I, well, he mainly, because um, he has backgrounds education, created our Moodle page. And Moodle is an amazing invention. It's a virtual platform where people can access courses like they would in a college situation, but like online. So it's e-learning effectively. Um and yeah, so we've got over 20 courses um, running on the Moodle page. So if you're student registered with us, then you can access the Moodle page. So those have been our main sort of sources of um, like delivering our service during this lockdown period. Emily, I'm fascinated that you've raised nature early on as, uh, as being so powerful, because that's something that's come through on almost every podcast with all our guests. Uh, and I, I wonder why you feel it's so powerful, what exactly it does to people and how the sort of educational courses that you offer add to people's appreciation of nature and and help their emotional resilience. Wow. Oh my goodness. Where do I start with that? Because nature and nature and mental health recovery is such a massive um, 
passion of mine. Um, it's something that I'm just so glad that we've incorporated so much in our college. And basically, um, where do I start? So I, I was thinking of this the other day. I was, I was kind of considering, it, should we have more classroom-based stuff where people sit down in the classroom and learn sort of psychoeducational, like stuff about anxiety management and all that traditional stuff that a lot of recovery colleges do. But the more I read into nature and the more I study it and the more I um, experience it in my life as well, and the more, you know, the research shows that actually the best, best like quality learning would happen in a natural environment, like whatever you do in a classroom, but then like amplify that, you know? So anxiety management, like it happens naturally when you're outside. So you can teach these techniques, but it's like, they actually become real when you're in nature, you know? So it's just so such a powerful classroom nature. And, um, you know, the more we, we learn to love it and like love ourselves, the more we want to protect it. And it's just, you know, it's a win-win for us and for the environment. So yeah, nature is a really big, uh, like passion of ours and it's played a massive part of my recovery. And, um, I know, you know, Tim has a story to tell, to tell as well about nature and his recovery, which I'll let him tell. So, you know, it's just, yes, almost all the students we speak to, like, um, have said that nature, like about nature, it's massively impacted them just being in nature, let alone using, you know, seeking, um, specific therapeutic benefits from it. Thank you, Emily. So, um, my, my mother-in-law is, is a teacher by, by background and she always used to say that if you wish people to learn fast and to learn well surround them with beauty and there's nothing more wonderful than being surrounded with nature and of course there's that old classroom thing that uh, you know the teacher would say stop daydreaming and looking out the window and concentrate but actually we need to both concentrate with our left brain and we need to see the big picture and assimilate patterns from nature to help us reflect and help us assimilate. Um, Emily, you mentioned your own story briefly. I don't know if you wanted to share anything with us that would help us understand um, how recovery works and how the recovery college can support people. So I first heard about the idea of recovery college when I was at a, when I was at university training to be a mental health nurse. So believe it or not, before I trained to be an OT, I was, training to be a mental health nurse because I wanted to work in mental health but um uh I had a I discovered that I was pregnant and I had a baby so I left the mental health nursing course after a year and a half to have my son um and I just I loved like the whole idea of recovery being in mental health rather than like recovering from mental health the whole idea of recovering in mental health and what that meant and we split, like at the recovery college, we split our courses into three categories. So the first category is hope. And that's courses designed to promote a sense of hope and belief that recovery is possible. So like, if you don't believe that recovery is possible, then, you know, the first step is believing it's possible, right? Is having that hope. Um, and the second step is taking control. So you taking control of your journey. So we offer courses that are designed to enable people to take control of their health and well-being. So it's about realizing what you have control over and what you don't and choosing to work on what you can control. So hope and control will come out in my, um, in my uh, story as well. And the third, core, uh, the third 
category is opportunity. So that's like courses designed to enable you opportunities to build a life beyond like a mental illness. So that's the whole personal recovery bit coming out is that you may still have symptoms, like your symptoms may not disappear, but you can still live a really flourishing, happy, fulfilling life with, um, you know, with your difficulties. So those three components are really important to our, um, recovery college, hope, control, and opportunity. And they're also really significant on my journey. So I'll share that with you. So after I had my son, I became really unwell with um, postnatal depression, but it was really severe postnatal depression. So I was admitted to a mother and baby unit. So whilst on the ward, uh, I engaged in loads of occupational therapy. And it was the first time I'd really heard what occupational therapy was. And I just saw in action from the OT Joe. And I just remember being in awe of what she did with us and the babies and everything. And I, I remember saying to her one day, I'm going to do your job. I'm going to be an OT. So I didn't want to work with babies. I just knew I wanted to be an OT. So uh, I was on the ward, but I became really unwell and had a psychotic episode and was transferred to a psychiatric intensive care ward. Now, this is significant because the ward was called the Elizabeth Casson Ward. So I won't tell you yet why that's significant, but you guys being doctors might know who Elizabeth Casson is. Uh, it's quite cool. I'll tell you later. So I was discharged from the PQ, spent six weeks on acute ward, and then went back to the mother and baby unit. So in all, after having my son, I was in hospital for six months. So this is also significant to my journey. Uh, whilst on the mother and baby unit, I was diagnosed with having an, an emotionally unstable personality disorder. And I remember the OT sat beside me and she just held my hand in the whole ward round and she helped me so much. And I just remember that was my first time of really feeling stigmatism and mental health, which is a massive part of the recovery college is about challenging that stigma. Because at the time, the medics said they weren't going to tell me the diagnosis because they didn't want me to feel ashamed because of the stigma attached to it yeah and I just thought wow if something is that stigmatizing the doctor doesn't even want to tell you what it is that's got to be bad right so um that really opened my eyes about the important of the importance of stigma and mental health so recovery college is definitely trying to attack that stigma saying you know what we're all humans together we're all students on this journey like there's no stigma them and us or diagnosis like you know so anyway, um, after being discharged from hospital, my life just fell apart even more. My husband left me, took my child. Uh, I was on the brink of losing my house. I just felt like I had no control. Um, I felt like I had no hope and I felt like I had no control. But this is really significant because I realized, and it was on my 29th birthday, I was hanging out washing on the washing line. And I remember thinking, okay, I can't control what my husband's doing. I can't control about, you know, being a parent. Uh, there's like so much out of my control. What can I control? And it became like a massive epiphany for me. And I was like, you know what? I can control some things in my life. I'm going to go to university. I'm going to recover, like get well enough to go to uni. I'm going to change to be an OT. Anyway, a year later on my 30th birthday, I was sitting there at university trained to be an OT. And, um, 
I, the, actually, funnily enough, the woman from employment support, she was an OT and she was massively supportive of me. And not once did she say, oh, I don't think, you know, you're ready or you're able. Um, she was so supportive and she just held on to so much hope for me and, you know, really believed that I'd be able to do it. And um, yeah, so that was significant. And um, also that whole, that was the year when basically I put recovery education, like recovery college into practice because I decided, okay, I have a year until I start uni. What am I going to do? I'm going to devote myself to recovery, whatever that means. So I did um, dialectical behavior therapy for two years. I'm sorry, twice a week for a year. I did, I went on so many courses. I just basically like devoted myself to getting well and to really understanding like the issues so that I could be well enough to go to uni. So that's really like, I lived it out that whole recovery college thing. We didn't have a recovery college where I was, but I was my own recovery college. I was like, you know what? I'm getting my life back. So anyway, um, funnily enough, when I was sitting there in my second year, um, Joe, the OT from the mother and baby unit did a, did a course for us and I remember seeing her and you know giving her a hug and it was just so you know exciting it was like yeah I'm really doing it so shows it's possible anyway my story is not yet done because in my second year I became really unwell again and I ended up spending three months in hospital again on a psychiatric ward and it was during that time that I really understood what it means to like personal recovery over clinical recovery. Cause there I was training to be an OT doing my assignments on a ward in hospital. Um, and I felt like how, like I'm, I'm clearly not recovered in the traditional sense cause here I am in hospital and yet I'm still able to do my degree. Um, and that really showed me that like all the recovery stuff I was reading from my course and everything I was kind of, you know, researching it, it all just supported so much um, this idea of personal recovery that you can still, you know, be unwell in the sense that you can be in hospital, you can have symptoms, you can be on medication, you can even be on a section, but you can still live, you know, a life how you choose, you know, that, that brings fulfillment and, and joy and that's, you know, flourishing. So that was a real eye opener for me. Anyway, I graduated, uh, a little bit later than the rest of my cohort, but with first class honors, which I didn't see coming. And now the end of my story is what I think is the most exciting is remember I said I was on the Elizabeth Casson ward. Do you know who Elizabeth Casson is? No uh, pressure. She, she, she was a doctor and she was interested in occupational therapy. Yeah. So Elizabeth Casson in Bristol in um, 1917, she was the first woman to graduate from Bristol University with as a doctor. And she opened up the first ever mental health hospital for women in Bristol um, that was using real like OT skills. So, you know, using nature and, um, you know, everything we do at recovery college, basically she was using with her patients. They even put on um, a play together, like the, the patients and the staff of, um, a Jane Austen, uh, like a Jane Austen. Um, I, no, I think it was pride and prejudice. Yeah. They put, put on a pride and prejudice play in hospital. And, you know, she was such a promoter of occupational therapy and she opened the first school of occupational therapy. Anyway, 
And there I was, 100 years later, graduating in Bristol with a degree in occupational therapy. And, you know, I just thought, wow, if Elizabeth Casson could have seen me back when, you know, all the years before when I was on the PQ and, and know that I'd be graduating, you know, um, as an OT, I just think that that was so cool when I found that out. So, yeah. So, you know, um, so from my journey, I think it really, yeah, explains hope, control, opportunity, personal recovery. Yeah, it sums it all up, really, I think. And thank you very much for sharing that that very powerful story. I think in sharing that, it gives those three things to other people who may be going through difficult times. So I think anyone, whether they're involved with a recovery college or not, can find those messages very powerful that you never lose hope. You control what you can and don't worry about the stuff you can't control. And that there are always opportunities there, even in dark places, and, and that you should go for them and that recovery is possible. Yeah, I agree. You've given us a very powerful uh, example and story, uh, Emily, of not just recovery, but engaging fully in life, even at difficult times. And that's inspiring. So thank you for that. And thank you. Just, just a question. How much does nature, just coming back to nature, how much does nature pay, play in your life? Um, so, yeah, that's another example of control. I you know, the whole lockdown thing, there's so much you can't control, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to buy a canoe. I've wanted a canoe for years. Now is the time. Like I may not be able to control some things in my life, but I'm going to get a canoe. So I try and canoe like, um, every day I, my partner lives on a boat. So, um, when I'm with him, we, yep. I'm, I wake up to nature. I go to bed with nature and I try and canoe every day. Um, I, live in yeah i live in a beautiful part of somerset so nature is just all around us but i bring plants into my house and i love moss and lichen so i've loads of moss and lichen in my house that i've brought in over the years i just yeah it just gives me so much hope and i presume canoeing courses aren't available on moodle but can you tell me what courses are yeah, so courses aren't available on Moodle. It is something we're going to look at in the future. But basically, we have loads of nature-based stuff. I've put together so much stuff on nature, plus stuff from like loads of amazing organizations like the Wildlife Trust and um, yeah, places like that. So we have um, music. Tim's a musician, so we've got lots of music courses. We have. Uh, I'm really, I'm starting a master's in a few weeks time in positive psychology. So I've got loads of stuff there on positive psychology. So I'm a really big supporter of that. So loads of positive psychology course type courses, um, loads of creative courses, yoga. Uh, yeah, loads of stuff. Fantastic. And, and music is another passion of mine and, and, and mm. something that is very important to our mental well-being, along with, with nature. We, we're probably coming to the end of our time. Do you, do you want to give us that plug again for the college and how we contact you? Yeah, sure. So it's somersetwlc.co.uk is our website and you can register with us there. Or if you want to call us, you can phone us on 07342 uh, and will register you on the Moodle site when you register as a student with us. 
That's really great, uh, Emily. Thank you so much. And thank you, Peter. So we've talked about recovery. We've talked. um, We're all in recovery in life. We're all learning. You know, every day is a school day and we're all in the university of life. And there are there are no wrong experiences. We all have different experiences. But the the challenge is to ensure that we, we keep keep hope and faith that we that we take control of what we can uh, and we take every opportunity that that life life offers us to make the best of what is as they say you can't choose what cards are dealt to you but you can choose how they play them you can't choose the events that we're we're given in our lives but we can choose our reactions and what we do about uh, and the somerset recovery college is is a wonderful um I was about to say invention, but invention is completely the wrong word. It's it's a wonderful development as we move forwards in 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 life, and as we move forwards with parity of esteem um, for mental health issues. But we can all have difficulty. We all need help. So, thank you very much. Fantastic for resource. It is. Thank you, Peter. It is a fantastic resource. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrew Tresider and Dr. Peter Bagshaw. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group.